Our mission is to impact 100 million people. What balls to name it Satori Prime. A moment of enlightenment to your moment of greatest strength, vigor, or financial success. I was like, so good. But yeah. now we got to actually live up to it and, and actually deliver on that. Podcast Junkies, episode number 27. This week, we talked to the brothers, Elon and Guy Ferdman. I think it's only the second time that I've had two guests on at once. And I heard about uh, Elon actually through the uh, Ari Mizell podcast, Less Doing, which I've mentioned a couple of times here. Big fan of productivity. And I thoroughly enjoyed Elon's interview. I think what, I, what, what hit me the most was his energy level and his enthusiasm, and it was just infectious, and I really you know, wanted to learn more about who this guy was, how come I hadn't heard of him before. So naturally, I start digging deep, and I find the Performance Enhancing Podcast, where um, Elon, for the most part, and sometimes Guy, serve as hosts, and they do a bang-up job, and I just really was hooked, and I wanted to go uh, find uh, the story behind the podcast, so naturally, as most podcast junkies would do, I went to the beginning and I had downloaded the first episode and I just listened from there and it was just fascinating to to listen how they got the idea from starting with YouTube videos for their company, Satori Prime, and then moving into podcast space and it was just interesting to, to, to learn, as he did, um, about some of the new podcasters and some of the old ones that I had already heard about and had to hear Elon discovering them and, and talk about them and, and sort of give Cliff Notes versions of some of these shows, um, which, was, which was really interesting to hear. So I was dying to have him on and I reached out and they said yes. And I was uh, pretty happy about that. And fast forward to this conversation, I was lucky enough to get them both on the line and we cover a wide range of topics. <laughs> And uh, everything from how plant medicines have changed guys' uh, view on life to the importance of living with a purpose and, you know, the importance of personal connections, how their podcast is taking their business to another level um, and cover everything. I mean, we cover grade school and we talk about uh, Elon's child and his thoughts on what he might do when it comes time to making a decision about whether or not he's going to college. So the one warning I will give to our listeners, is, to my listeners, to the audience, is uh, there's prolific use of the F-bomb on this particular episode, probably more than I've noticed on other episodes. So I just wanted to give you a, a friendly heads up that if there are kids in the back seat, if you're listening to this in the car, then you might want to pause and uh, pick it up a little bit later. But uh, definitely pick it up indeed, because it's a fantastic episode. It's energizing for me just to hear it again. It was during the conversation. And I think you'll get a feel for just how powerful, uh, powerfully it affected me um, based on my feedback and, and my conversations uh, with Guy and Elon. So I really, really enjoyed it. And without further ado, Guy and Elon Ferdman of Satori Prime. So thanks, Guy and Elon, for coming on uh, Podcast Junkies. Awesome. Sure. Happy to be here. Glad to be here, man. So for the listeners, the reason I have Guy and Elon on is because I'm so freaking pumped. And by the way, feel free to drop the F-bombs as you'd like. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 
I already know. Well, that the stipulation before you even started? To like in your email, you're like, and by the way, you feel free to drop f bombs. I was like, explicit language included. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, if, for folks who don't know, they're the the hosts of the performance enhancing podcast with some of the most creative uh, art I've I've seen actually. Who did your your brain with the uh, the muscle pump? I don't even know who we hired. We hired someone. Was, no, no, it was 99, 99 oh, Design. 99 Designs. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah, 99design.com. And uh, obviously, we're from Jersey, so we're just around steroids all the time, so it doesn't make perfect sense. <laughs> I could hear it in your voice because I'm from New York, and I just moved to L.A. like four months ago. But you know when you're speaking to someone from the East Coast, someone from Boston, someone from Jersey, someone from New York, uh, they, they just carry themselves in a different way. It's true. And it's uh, definitely contagious. So A little bit too much strut. A little bit too much strut in, in, the, in those genes. What's funny is that when you, the way you carry yourself and the, and the way you come across on a podcast, uh, it almost gives you a visual of who the person is uh, without even having mm-hmm. to see them. And I, and I know you guys do the podcast on YouTube as well. Yeah. Is there a reason why? Did you start on YouTube or, or, or then you moved to the podcast or you did them both at the same time? No. It was, we actually just started doing only audio. Um, and then people were like bitching about they couldn't get iTunes because we had a pretty decent sized following, I guess, as Satori Prime before we ever did the podcast. And so people that we knew were like, well, I can't get your podcast. I hate iTunes. And they loved our videos. So they were like, can you just throw it on YouTube? So I think it was like it was pretty early on, but it was definitely probably like 17, 20, something like that, where I was like, look, I'm recording them anyway what's the difference of just turning on a video and like having people see me on video and yeah, yeah it's been great because it helps uh there's a ton of youtube subscribers so our youtube channel's gone up yeah. and that all feeds into you know people checking out our website and organic traffic going through the roof so there's a lot of kind of ancillary benefits of i think having multiple mediums absolutely you got to be everywhere today i mean you just have no idea how people are consuming information like uh, I think that one of the bigger mistakes is the, like presuming, you know, like they say, don't, don't, uh, what happens when you assume you make an ass out of you and me. Yeah. So it's kind of the same thing with online marketing. I mean, it, when I meet somebody today, do I Snapchat you? Do I Facebook you? Do I call you, Skype you? Like, how do I get you? Uh, and it's kind of the same thing when you get online today. You really need to show up in a lot of mediums. And obviously, podcasting is, I think, one of our favorite mediums uh, to date. Um, and I think it's great, but yeah, again, just like Elon said, it's, uh, growing it in a lot of variations and, and, you know, like why do people follow you? It's personal, right? They love your perspective. They love your message, but there's something, what online medium is lacking is is some personal connection. Like right now we're on Skype, right? And I can see you, but the thing that I've been dying for is somebody to place the camera in the middle of the screen so that when I'm looking at myself, I'm really looking at you because that's what you tend to do, right? Is look at yourself because you, we need to know what we're doing. Um, and it's missing that eye contact. So at least at some level, people can see you, but it creates that weird celebrity phenomenon. Like I, I live, uh, south of you. I'm in San Diego. So uh, there's this place over here called Belly Up, which is like a place for music. And I walked in and I saw the guy like grab my ID and like, look at me, look at my ID, look at me, look at my ID. And it's going on for way too long. And I'm like, is everything okay? He's like, I know you, don't I? And I'm like, "Mm, I don't think so. He goes, you're Satori Prime, aren't you? I was the weirdest shit ever. And I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because I'm like, <laughs> is this a customer that like likes me, pissed me off, that you see my stuff and hates me, you know, like trolling? I don't know. He's like, I love your stuff. He's like, can we get together for lunch? 
but it's it's just that that uh that celebrity thing. You want that closeness. Um, for me, it's really important that we have that. I know for him, it is too. Um, and it just creates it just creates the, the right bond. Yeah, it's funny that experience. Every podcaster, when, if they've done enough episodes, they have that moment. We went to uh, the podcast movement. A couple of friends of ours, people that I'm friends with, uh, they um, I don't know if you guys had heard about it, but it was a conference in Dallas, Texas, and it's just for podcasters. It's, okay. it's called Podcast Movement. It was put on by the guy, um, Jared Easley, who does uh, Starve to Doubts podcast, and a guy named by, by the name Dan Franks, who, who had um, uh, Entrepreneur Challenge or something podcast. So anyway, they got together, got with a couple of old schoolers, and they literally did a Kickstarter for ten grand, got funding up to thirty grand, and they said, "Wow, people were they sold out the, the tickets on Kickstarter in like twenty four hours." So there was nice. definitely a need, and you guys should definitely check it out. I'll be there next year as well i think it's going to be in uh june or july um in in texas again and it's amazing we talked about it a little before we jumped on the call when you're around your tribe of people and imagine not just bloggers and you know youtubers and podcasters this is specifically podcasters so we're we're all geeking out on everything episodes you know what's your interview like what's your style like what mic you're using all just i was gonna (laughs) say what kind of microphone you're using exactly (laughs) so yeah you're with your people there is what i'm trying to say which is which is an amazing amazing feeling so nice um so talk about the genesis of it. How did it start? Did you, you listen to a couple and you figured that it was an interesting way to get your message out and you decided to jump on board? So really funny. I'm very similar to you. So I too am a podcast junkie. I too love just taking on that information. Uh, and what I kind of noticed about podcasts was some of them are, like you said, you know, the ones that you don't really like, which are really scripted. Seemed to me like there was a lot of fluff and then not a lot of meat. So I'd listen for like an hour and I remember I was listening to I Love Marketing and I love, I mean, I really love that podcast, but I was like, you know what? I just listened for an hour and 15 minutes. Like I could have done a wrap up on that in 15 minutes and given someone like, here's the bullet points. And I started asking friends. I was like, well, what do you think about this idea? And everyone's like, well, no one's doing that. I kind of really like it. And so the idea when it first started was literally just like um, what was it called Cliff Notes for other podcasts. Yeah. That's it. And then so I did that. I enjoyed that. And then people started reaching out to me and were like, hey, you know, can we be on your podcast? And I was like, well, so I did a few of those interviews and I really enjoyed those. And then that kind of transformed. So now I, I, I love doing interviews because there's just a different energy when there's two people or three people. So I still try to kind of bring it back to the roots here and there of like other podcasts that I listen to and all that stuff. But I just have this backlog of all these amazing interviews yeah. that I'm like, well, I, I, I really got to get these out there. So it's kind of become a mix of both. But the feedback has been great. Like even on some of the interviews, people tend to love those more. Uh, I like to do some solo stuff now, which I wasn't doing in the beginning, just kind of like share my perspective, which the one that I did about upgrading your money conversation for whatever reason has just like, like triple the downloads of anything else I've ever created. So was that, was that the one where you, uh, had the the car in the driveway? That was the right around that time. I did a different one where I was showing like the check that I, like the first check I got, um, ever from like a previous job, that one is just downloaded like bananas. So yeah, that's kind of how it's transformed. 
I think you've probably noticed that it's amazing when you have a podcast who will actually show up onto your show. And they very rarely ask, like, well, how many you know downloads do you have and who's your audience? It's just good medium for people to share yeah. their their stuff with. So, I mean, when I got uh, Joe Navarro from what everybody is saying, I was like, he's, he said yes. He, he said he's going to be on my show. Like I, could, I, I kept emailing him. I was like, just confirming, just reconfirming, you know, because he's like <laughs> – I mean the guy gets like 50 grand to speak yeah, on yeah, stage, yeah. Uh, maybe even more. And he was like, yeah, I got 30 minutes open. Like let's do it. And I was like, yes, awesome. It's just people, You know, it's a, great, it's a great medium for people just to be people without all the ego. It, it, I was too – that was probably my biggest surprise when Elon started getting – people's who he was like he was reading the book during the summer and then like the next week the guys like on the show i'm like has anybody said no yet and he's like no <laughs> i'm like don't they ask you how many listeners you have he's like no i'm like this is amazing <laughs> it's like, it really yeah. is. <laughs> so and that's when i was like wow there's really something to podcasting so whether it's the impression out there about what this medium is that it hasn't been mature enough that people really understand it i mean i'm sure it's going to get harder and harder yeah. Like, like podcasting has been, I'm sorry, like really quick. So podcasting has been around for a while, but like this was the year that I saw like every marketer start a podcast. Yeah. Like it's just like boom. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's exploding right now. A lot of yeah. people are calling I wish it. I would have started a year ago. Yeah. Uh, a, a lot of people are calling it the John Lee Dumas effect because, you know, he, it he, could he started in 2012 and relatively unknown, but he did, he had a huge um, runway obviously because he had saved a ton of money and, and then he didn't really start picking up steam until about episode 60. He talks about it a lot I mean, if, if you go into detail on some of his interviews. So it's not an overnight thing. But that point you're yeah. making about the ability to speak people who wouldn't, wouldn't otherwise speak to you, I've, I've touched upon it in earlier shows here, but I think it bears repeating. Um, these are folks who get paid big money to speak, to consult for like an hour's worth of their time. And I think if you come at it from a compelling angle that you want to hear their story, just a lot of times you may just even catch them off guard and be like, oh, someone who wants to hear my story, not someone who wants to quote unquote pick my brain, which you know we right. all know is like code, code for like I need some free consulting. Yeah, <laughs> yes. So – and. and- but that's what ends up happening, though. I mean, people give millions of dollars worth of information on podcasts. They really do. I mean, if you, like you said, it's you. That's brilliant what you said. Like, if you find somebody, go back to the beginning, listen to the progression and growth, because you're gonna you're gonna understand how they built that perspective, which is ultimately what's gonna empower you anyway. Is just modeling a perspective, then taking that and just turning it into your own. So it's just amazing that you know these guys who do get paid you know like twenty five thousand, fifty thousand dollars to share their wisdom over like a two day period will just sit in an hour podcast and be like, hey, by the way, blah 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 blah. Yep. That's what happens when we talk. Yep. Yeah, it yeah. sure puts them at ease, and and I think it makes them feel comfortable. And you know they're probably calling from their home sometimes, so they don't feel like probably in their pajamas. Who knows what they're doing? But yep. they're definitely feeling yep. more comfortable. Yep. So. Satori Prime, you, you guys have discussed it as your, your, your goal or your mission is to, to break down the walls to what people believe is possible in their life. So do you feel like the, the podcast in conjunction with the, with the one-on-work, one-on-one work you guys do with your clients is achieving that? I mean, Guy can probably tell you better because he's just been like shocked by it because it's kind of been – I found for me it's just been the best medium. I, you know, I love – making videos, but doing audios has actually made me better on video. I think I can attest to that. It just made me find my voice. 
allowed me to speak clearer because, you know, you're like listening back to your podcasts over and over and over. I was like edit them and listen to them. So um, but the other day a guy calls me and goes, um, so I don't know what's happened, but I just have to show you something really cool. And he shows me like the, the counter on our website and uh, he goes, OK, so check out July. And we had like. Up until July, I think it was what, like five, six thousand, pretty much consistent every month, bro. Steady, like organic clicks, yeah, to yeah. the website. And then, literally from that month to August, it jumped to thirty-one thousand. Oh. So, like six tup, six tuple. Does that even a word? Probably not, but we'll go with it. <laughs> Whatever works. It's six tuple. Sex tupled. Just so yeah, I can get another curse. Sex is better. Add sex um, into it. it makes it sexier. Always, always better with and, sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we were like, how, where? You know, like we haven't done really anything with SEO. It, it, and it was, he was like, the only explanation I can think of is the podcast, you know, yeah. like driving so much, so much, so much, so much traffic, eventually people are all leading to this. So I absolutely think it helps. And like Guy said, the more mediums you can capture people in, you know, some people love to read. And so you got the blog. Okay. Some people love to watch videos. So you got the videos. Some people are very auditory and they just like listening to information, whether they're driving in their car, they're working at their desk, whatever. I think not having it, you know, I can't really say if it's like the best thing ever for our business. I mean, it's definitely brought in tons of clients, but I think not having it is very hurtful for your business just because of that medium wheel that we're talking about. Yeah. Again, ultimately, I think, you know, the goal with any business, what is it to build relationships, earn trust? And then uh, because you have that right now to recommend something that's going to make a difference for people, right? But what you need to earn really is their listening. Like earning a person's listening is the most powerful thing you can earn. Yeah. The president yeah. of the United States could stand in, you know, the, I don't know, Times Square on the corner yelling the same shit he yells. And everybody be like, look at that psycho, right? But we, get, we change one distinction. We say president. And everyone just like, you know, like ears open, let's start listening. So you have to earn that, right? Which is also you can lose it as well. So it's it's really powerful, but I think if anything, what it's done is it's expanded our um, listener base. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if there. I don't know if we could easily track like Elon said. It's ancillary in terms of value. We can't like be like, oh, well, we did this, and our return on investment is here, and so let's keep doing more of that. It's tough to track in that way. But again, like our, our listener base before we were kind of known as like internally, what we're known as really good Facebook marketers who are also very good fa- uh, personal development teachers. The irony of the whole thing is for us, our passion is all in personal development. Like if I had to do something right now that I was like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, I'd be like, I'd be like a Gandhi. I'd do like 100 million people need to transform right now, global transformation movement, the world is burning, everyone needs to wake the fuck up, stop pretending. Like that, that's what I would be about. Yeah. Yeah. So I would be prefer to be known as that, plus I'm a good marketer on the side. So right now we're kind of like pivoting how we want to be seen because I, I don't think we had the confidence. We didn't, we didn't feel like we had earned the value to tell people like, by the way, we're really fucking good at this shit. Like you come talk to me and within an hour, you're going to be completely thinking different about your life, the actions to take and your role as a human being on this planet and what's possible for you. That's what I'm excited about. Right. So you're going to see a big transition. But if, if like within this year, I don't know, we start getting to a million downloads, like we get an episode. Imagine that that is, Damn, like I can make an episode and a million people get impacted. I'm going to start doing some really transformative stuff with people. So 
I'm like, Elon, I'm kind of like, Elon, go ahead, build it. <laughs> build the stage, prop it up, because I'm like, I'm ready to share some really good stuff with people. You know? that, that type of talk really charges me up, man. That shit is like amazing. I get goosebumps when I hear that stuff. I just love, because I'm the type of person that believes, like tunes into people's frequencies, the, the energy of the universe, and you have to like create this positive, positive vibe because it's what you're going to get back, you know, tenfold. And yeah, you have to yeah. give without receiving, and you have to find ways to make people's lives better, either through education or through, you know, like your show or through referrals or networking. I'm, I'm, I've been kind of just ramping up big time on the power of networking and the power of introducing like-minded people together so they can work. And when you, yeah. and when you see that happen, you're like, oh, shit, that was amazing. Like two disconnected yep. people met. Now they're working on this project together. That, that, that's fantastic yep. shit. I love when that shit happens. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's why you feel it. Like I have goosebumps too. And it's, it's that recognition in yourself that like we were just talking about it. People are like, well, how do I change the world? How do I impact? You know what? It, it's so funny. I don't even know if I said it until this last hour. Live your passion. Yeah. If there's anything I could tell you, human being, you want to change this planet, live your passion. Because when you do that, you're going to do it at the highest level. You're going to make a difference for other people. And passion is infectious. Like when you hear someone's passionate, you're like, holy fuck, I really got to get my ass in gear. Like I'm yeah. not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. This commute is killing my fucking race. <laughs> you know? So it's like awesome. just, just share your passion. We were just saying like, I don't know if you like crayons, be the best at drawing with crayons. And like, and then just share that like crazy with everybody. Like I love Honeymoon Red. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> or handmade crayons. Make your own crayon. Yeah. Make your own crayon yeah, company. Yeah, make your own crayons. I don't care what you do. But like if someone's passionate about science or someone's passionate about, we were just talking urban agriculture, like your passion is going to change the world. Yeah. So again, it's like if I get to share my passion and like just boom, and a million people are like, fuck, like oh, I can spend an hour doing something different today. For me, that, that's, that's how we're going to change the world. Yeah. You could take two people with the exact same skill set um, and the education and one has the passion and the other doesn't. And the one that you're going to listen to, the one that's going to vibe, the one that's going to connect to the most amount of people exponentially is going to be the one that has the excitement in their voice and the passion in how they deliver it. 100%. Yeah. Well, the one and without passion will always fade away yeah. because for them, it's work. Yeah. For the person that's passionate – there's no work involved. When people ask Guy and I, you know, how we built our business, I was like, well, we worked for 12 to 16 hours a day for, you know, two and a half years before you even even knew who, who the hell we were. And they're like, oh, my God, that's crazy. I'm like, yeah, but it really didn't feel like work. Like I, I tell people if I didn't have a wife and kids, I think I'd probably be in front of my computer for 20 hours a yeah. day. I just I love what we do. I love reaching out to people. You you know you asked before like why podcast. One of the things that I started realizing is we were kind of getting niched down as like Facebook marketing you know experts, yeah. and I was like, bro, we are so much more than that. But we couldn't even post blog posts about that because all of our people came to the blog right. to find out about Facebook. It's very true. Or building a business, and I was like. Ugh. You know, meanwhile, I'm learning how to be a better father, uh, right. health and fitness, personal development, um, all this other stuff. And I'm like, I, I just feel like people need to know this stuff. <laughs> so that was a big catalyst for the podcast, too, is like it would give us this opening to reach people about all this other stuff. And, you know, you found us on on Ari's podcast, yeah. which is a productivity podcast. Yep. Right. Um and then we've been, we've had like, you know, things that you've heard with like Happy Corner and Stella, which is 
just totally raw and personal development um, all over the map. And that excites me because I'm passionate about learning that stuff. Now I have an avenue to actually express that passion with people. Yeah, when you talk about uh, you're doing your passion, I think the way you've described it on the show is like when you work for like four to five hours and it feels like five minutes, that's when you know you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Time dilation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that's fantastic, well, actually, what we might want to do for the listeners is talk a little bit about what Satori Prime is and the, the mission, whether it's changed from where you started and the, the type of things that you guys are working on now. Guys laugh. And as I say this, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm always like, how do I answer that? How do I begin to answer that question? <laughs> I like every time somebody asks me that, I'm like, which of the 150 things that Satori Prime stands for do I start with? Let, let's start. Let's, I mean, let's start with the name. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I like when you share the story because I always fuck it up somehow, and then you, you correct. You end up correcting it anyway, so I'm like, ah, just tell the story. <laughs> so check it out, huh? That's sweet. Right there, up and well, they can't see it on video, yeah. but it's, it's up there behind me in lights. Um, not in lights, actually. It's a decal. Anyway, Satori so Prime. We were looking for a name for the company when we kind of first merged. Uh, Ferdman, which is our last name, is horrible. So we like we didn't want to be Ferdman brothers. <laughs> Uh, really no no offense, Dad. Um, the brothers, you know, which we'd kind of like been called for a long time wherever we went. We were like the brothers, but it seemed so generic. I just didn't think it would go anywhere. So we're like, we need a name, and we didn't want like work with Elon and Guy because that was just long and boring. So Satori <laughs> is a name that I came across in a book a long time ago. In in commercial real estate, I actually had two hedge funds and they were both called Satori Capital and Satori Investment Capital. So it was a name that I'd really loved and I kind of felt bad reusing it, but we kept coming, right guy, we kept coming yep. back to that name because it, it means a moment of enlightenment. And we were like, it's kind of, we're all about waking people up. We're all about breaking down the walls to what people are possible. It just it has That's a cool surprising. sound. It has an amazing name. Everyone asked even back in the day, like, what does Satori mean? What is, so it's a good conversation starter, but we needed another thing. We had just saw Transformers. <laughs> this is no joke. We had just saw Transformers. Loved Optimus Prime as a kid. Love like, that. And we just said Satori Prime, <laughs> thinking like Prime is like the best, oh, right? Yeah. We put it together and we're like, that has a really cool ring to it. Like it just rolls off the tongue. It's nice. And three, four months after – Someone asked me that question and I said, you know what? I never actually looked up the definition of prime. So I literally go into Google, I type in prime and the definition is a moment of greatest strength, vigor or success or financial success in your life. And I just stopped there and I went, you got to be fucking kidding. <laughs> so Satori prime literally means – and this is like – this is one of those things that I'm just such a believer in there are no accidents – what balls to name our company that we're about – like our mission is to impact 100 million people. What balls to name it Satori Prime? Yeah. A moment of enlightenment to your, to your moment of greatest strength, vigor, or financial success. I was like – Done. Mike, done. Uh, it was like yeah. the most amazing things. And we're like, wow, this is so good. But yeah. now we've got to actually live up to it and, and actually define <laughs> Deliver on that. So – but you know, it's a perfect example of what happens when you're living passionately. It's like I, I don't, I really no longer believe that the world's happening to you. I think it's happening for you. 
uh, education, your perspective, uh, how you, uh, the empowerment that you personally feel. So we always talk about power, freedom, and full self-expression. Like humans got to have that. If a, a human without purpose is like a human with a, one foot in the grave, mm. you're just, you're mm. not, you're not living. You're waiting for your turn to die. Mm. Yeah. You're just waiting your time. Right. So it's like, what are you going to do with your time here? Most people are unfortunately living their life that way. I'm not okay with that. You know, whatever happens with the planet, like whether we're doing it, we're not doing it. I'm not certain. I have my, my opinions about it, but whatever. I'm not certain what's happening. But I do know how I feel watching people wake up. Mm. And I do know how I feel seeing people be passionate about something. And just like and, – and it's more of the reflection of how I feel about it when I'm doing it and seeing other people. Like the, like you said, you got goosebumps. I'm like, fuck, I got goosebumps too because you got goosebumps, right? It's like this – this constant dance with each other, we're basically like one entity that's been fragmented into 7 billion different possibilities. But at the core of all of us is the same exact thing. And like, I don't care to share this anymore. Honestly, like I've been spending a lot of time with a shaman this last year doing like uh, ayahuasca ceremonies. I mean, plant medicine, (laughs) making a comeback. I'm telling you what you see in there if you guys think what's happening out here has anything to do with who we are as beings, it's not even fucking close. <laughs> once you have, once you have one of these experiences, and, and I and I, I took a break from it for like ten months, but I just went uh, last Friday to go do another a ceremony. It'll change your life. You just we don't even know what this fucking meat suit has done to us in terms of not giving us the ability to really express what what we're here to express. So. I'm like done with it, right? Like right now, it's so funny because in May, I made a mental shift like in terms of my doubt and I think that's all all it is, right? It's like you believe stuff but it's about shedding doubt and when you start shedding doubt, like the world is like, all right, well, let's accelerate this thing then and then it's like the next thing that brings up doubt and then it's all right, you got to shed that doubt. Now, the next thing and just something switched over. I won't even talk about what it was but just it just switched and our income started going boom, boom, boom. At the same time, I kept having these visions of giving these extremely impassioned speeches to 100 million people, like on YouTube, like broadcasting. And I was like, all right, well, all this time I've been wondering, like, what's the cause? Like, why would the universe want to give me money? Right? You got to kind of figure that out because you're a channel for something, whether it's good or bad, you're a channel for something. I'm like, well, if it's going to give me a shitload of money, I'm going to broadcast this stuff. Right? Like, I'm yeah. going to start broadcasting these messages. I don't need to travel all over the world. We, it's right here. This is the world. Be in my bedroom while I'm going crazy. You know? So, I, and I really think that that's part of the function of why it's showing up. It's not just to take care of us. It's because, like, the world's like, this kid's got something to share. And uh, I'm ready to do that. And it's interesting to see which people are starting to get into our lives that are, like, quantum physicists. I know this sounds crazy, but, like, people in quantum physics, people who are ancient alien theorists... Um, a lot of different things are coming into my life right now. And I'm, what I'm seeing is everyone's missing marketing. They already know what's going on and the pieces are being put together, but nobody knows how to package it together to make it practical. Yeah. And if there's anything I can tell you that I'm gifted at, at least what I think I'm gifted at, is taking very complex concepts, making them extremely practical and being like, here you go, buddy. You're five years old and I can still explain it to you. And you can use it. And I think that's what I'm here for, is to take all this noise package it and deliver it to the human race so we'll see if i can do that yes i guess that's a tory prime that's a tory prime (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what story is better but that's a tory holy shit that was like that was basically a download 
that was just like a, a mind transmission. And I understand that the ayahuasca, because I've, I've been there as well. So I understand what you're talking about when you're on that level. And it's like I, we're brothers from another mother or something like that. And that nice. whole concept of like know. being from the whole and that we're all the whole. I'm you. You're me. We're all the same. What, what I do affects you. Like if I do it in a negative way, at the end of the day, it's going to affect me negatively as well. It may not happen immediately. It's, you know, it's karma related, but it, you have to put out what you want to receive and you have to treat others. You have to have like universal love for everything and everybody. And you can have universal yeah. love in your messages, universal love in your actions, because if you love everyone, if you love other people, at the end of the day, you end up loving yourself. Yeah. Well, you can only, I'll correct you. You can only love other people once you love yourself. Yeah. You cannot provide someone something that is not inside of you. Wayne Dyer has the best analogy for this. He's like, if you squeeze an orange, what are you going to get? You can't get pineapple juice. You can't get prune juice. It doesn't matter what you squeeze it with and how hard you squeeze it. All you can get is orange juice. So likewise with human beings, every, the only thing we can see is in others is what we see in ourselves. I said to someone the other day, and it, it never occurred to me this way, but it's like, imagine if you never, I mean, this cannot happen, but imagine for a second, if you never got angry, like you never experienced anger, you wouldn't even be able to see anger in another person because it wasn't real to you. And I was like, damn, that would be a cool concept, mm, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, we all experience that, but for example, um, what, what's something I can give you that's really palatable? Like, you know, for a father, so I'm a new father. Yeah. Okay. You, 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 t- uh, do you have, do you have any kids? No, Harry? no kids. Okay. So God doesn't either. Minus his furry cats. I've got a Yorkie. There you go. <laughs> you, when I have an interaction with my kid and you see that interaction with my kid, you don't have inside of you the ability to have that interact like you can envision it from your eyes with your interaction with your dad whatever but like till you have that experience it's impossible to experience father till your father like in that realm and whatever that would be so it's like when you see that universal love like you see that in others and you're all about that that's because that's inside of you you've like unleashed that thing. Think about how many people you've met around the world that have no conscious ability or awareness that that even exists and they shit on people like they're walking on top of them on their way to whatever. So it's beautiful. I'm I'm very happy that you're in that, that space with us. That space, yeah. I believe in, in, in intention and like putting intention out into the universe and because you have to c- actively communicate to the universe if you want shit to happen. You have to say yep. what it is you want and you have to be able to articulate what you want because if you just say I, I want money, then, then you're, what you're telling, what you're communicating to the universe is that you have a lack of and, and you need more. Yep. So you have to be careful in the communication and the intention. And one of the things right now, to be quite honest, is that I'm intending like – this is the jumping off point for my podcast because like you just took this shit to another level and <laughs> and, this, and this and this and this podcast let it be known from this episode forward is just going to be operating on some other level type other, other level type shit so brilliant and and this Good. vibe and this energy is just going to like permeate 
through future, because that's how the universe works, it's going to permeate through future guests. Uh, so it's, it, you're, you're, the echoes are going to live on. So I just want I, I, I just it. want to put that out. Just say that. I love that. That was so <laughs> like, brilliantly said. I mean, what? Okay, so what is Satori Prime? I'm telling you, like right now, what I see it as is we are a uh, we're a leadership academy, because. I love this example now. I keep I keep saying it more and more. You know the Matrix, right? Yeah. You you see the Matrix. Eyes lit up means you like it a lot. So um, you know, remember the first one? He first like he takes him to go see the Oracle the first time, and he's standing in there. One boy is like balancing the cubes. The other one's bending the spoon. The famous spoon scene. And he walks in there, and she's sitting down, and there's a sign above his head, and she, it's in Latin. She's like, "Do you know what that means?" And he's like, "No." She goes, "It means know thyself." So she looks at him, and she says. Being the one is not something anybody could tell you. It's a lot like being in love. You just know you are. You walk like you are. It's just like it's just a self-recognition, right? So I started having this idea of like years ago that I could be the one. But it seemed so ridiculous to me because I'm like, what are the chances, right? Like what, 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 what lottery do I have to win to fucking be the one? And I'm like, and the one usually dies young. There's a lot of shit. Like people <laughs> troll on them. I'm like, there's a lot of scary shit to be the one too. But I'm like, you know what? Honestly, again, going to Aya, like I kept having this experience where I'm like being the one. This whole thing about like giving this this speech where I know I'm talking to like millions of people all over the world. So it occurred to me that like when he's in that room with those kids, they're all the one. Yeah. She's just looking for one of them to say, I am the one, like to recognize that you have it, right? So I started looking at all this and realized when I was in those ceremonies, we have like all this sixth sensory perception that we're not using. Telepathy, ability to heal each other all these things that you experience when you're on Aya. And I'm like, fuck, we got this shit going on all the time, which means that every one of us is a potential to one. Yeah. But people like Gandhi and a Martin Luther King were just people who were like, I will be. Like, I'm recognizing that I am. I am. And yeah. so, like, I'll be responsible for my people. I'll be responsible for this country. What we need is, like, I'll be responsible for this world. But ultimately, like, being the one to me doesn't mean I'm the one that has to do it. It's the... When, when people see somebody being the one, just like when people seeing somebody wake up, what do they do? They wake up too, mm -hmm. right? When people see passion, what do they want? They want to be passionate. When people see leadership, what do they want? They want to be leaders. And if there's anything that I've learned is leadership starts with another leader tapping you and going, you have this too. Mm -hmm. And I learned this because we used to coach uh, this program in Landmark called Self-Expression Leadership Program. And there used to be about 100 people in the room. And in, in my childhood, I was really depressed, angry, and suicidal for many years. So, like, I would always look for the most fucked up person in the room. I'd be like, give me the – give me give me your huddled masses. Like, give me your poor. Like, I was Yearning like, to uh, be free. Of liberty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, all right, you're super fucked up. Like, come come work with me because I'm like, I'll, I've been there. I can – I'll pull you out of the trenches. But what I saw is I would get like – it's so much effort to get someone out of that space that it just – it kills you, right? It like takes all your energy. So I, I was in this one class and then I, I had um, developed this ability to see like early onset leadership. Like, you know, like people would see like early onset diabetes or whatever, all these diseases we see. But the opposite way around, like I can notice these traits in people. I'm like, holy fuck, you're like a few steps away from banging shit out in this world, Right. So I would walk up to these people and be like, I just want you to know, I could see something that I saw myself a few years ago in you. I mean, you have wild potential to be a leader, like insane amounts. And we would develop this conversation over four months. And over four months, I would see them own it. 
and then they're just like impacting people everywhere. But what would be beautiful is out of a room of 100 people, I would grab four or five maybe that I could see really had this quality. And the other 100 would be taken care of as a function of these other four or five recognizing their leadership, like that pyramid effect, right? Just like a network marketing company. Um, and that's what I see now. I'm like, so what is being the one is just representing that idea so that other people can recognize it in themselves too. We're all the one. But which one of us is finally going to stand up and be like, these political assholes, they're not going to fix nothing. What are we waiting for? Let's have a conversation. They have no power unless the power that we give yeah. them. So if tomorrow we all stand up and say, that's not what we're focusing on anymore. Obama, sorry, not our, you lost our listening or whatever, right? Here's where our listening is now. And we could easily do that through an app. We create like a focus app where once a day we're like, by the way, for five minutes, everybody focus on healing the planet. You don't think that's going to heal mm. the planet? That much power? Totally. Trademark. It's already in the works, kids. <laughs> exactly. So the, here's, here's my point is that's – for me, that's what it's going to take for global movements. Let's recognize that we're the one. Let's recognize that we have leadership ability. Fine, maybe people are further along the path than not. Let's start focusing on what's important. And it's sure as fuck not what's happening on the world right now. So that's – I don't know what else that looks like, but that's where this is going. That's where the ship is sailing. It's funny because if this was – like if we were in person, I'd be probably quiet for a couple of minutes to just absorb like – everything that you're saying right now because it's a lot it's a lot that you're saying right you can't just be like oh okay it's scary as hell to say it, like, trust yeah me. it's crazy it's really scary to say yeah it. so it's like oh so then um and then you move into there and like, yeah so what's your favorite ice cream like you, you just can't <laughs> <laughs> chocolate peanut butter so no you have to be like no did you not acknowledge can do you not acknowledge like what I just said, like, like, can you allow that to, to sink in for at least, you know, 10, 15 fucking seconds, like absorb what you just heard and decide whether you vibe with it or whether you don't and have an opinion yeah. on it and then decide what you want to, what you want to take from it, what you want to pull out from it to use in your life going forward. So, but the, yeah. the great thing about it is that it's, it, this episode's recorded and people can play it back as many times as they want. True. Hopefully 30 years from now, we're playing it back and we're going, holy shit, that really happened. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. I, I just love the way you guys have these huge, huge aspirations. I don't know if it was a hundred million when you started, but you know, the, the, nope. the by twenty twenty, I think it was a million, right? It was. <laughs> I, I, after an eye experience, I came in. I said, "Throw two more zeros on that bitch." Guy, guy opted. <laughs> so, so we're doing this. We're doing this like really amazing. Um, we were working with this amazing entrepreneurial community. There's a really nice event, and I'm sharing with people like our story of Satori Prime. And I said the million, and guys like, by the way, just letting you know, I upped it to a hundred. I was like, you could have consulted me. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect, man. We, I'm in a, a, a mastermind group with uh, some folks that you know that are doing some of the same things. And but there's, it's it, funny. There's a couple of people in the group that we're kind of on this vibe, and they're like, we're playing small here. Like we're thinking about like, oh, I want to re- put out an Amazon, you know. Kindle, you know, Amazon book or something like that. They're like, no, fuck that. I want like to be a published book through the traditional channels and not only that, but have it go to like number one New York Times bestseller. Like really, you know, put yourself up because the universe is going to like give you that which you it thinks you can handle. And if, yeah. and if you're putting out this vibe that like, oh, I, I think I could put out a, a 99 cent pamphlet, you know, and hopefully I can get like 100 downloads. Well, boom, there you got You got it. You can have that next you're week. You're going to get it. Yeah. People are going to give you 99 cents of their attention. <laughs> yeah. If you do that. But if we say, That's no, I get. want the fucking aim like 
Tim Ferriss big and just like, you know, New York Times bestseller, like, boom, that's the sound of the book hitting your, your desk when it, when it comes in the mail because that's mine. Yeah. Like, I fucking did that. You know, that's, pl- that's playing big. You know, that's, that's playing big and getting to that mentality where you feel like you can play in that same stadium as these other folks are playing. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Like, you, you were talking about you know, publishing a book and doing that. You know, if you notice our goal, it's like impact 100 million people, break down the walls to what we see possible for what they believe is possible for themselves. That's kind of like always been the vision. How that gets done, honestly, has shifted about a thousand and one different ways. If you asked us three years ago when we started, would we like would we like to be known as Facebook experts across the entire interweb and have people reach out to us and help them launch, you know, like some of the biggest marketing guys reach out to us and launch their products. We'd be like, I don't, what the fuck do we know about Facebook and marketing? Right. And then here we are. That's what we're doing. Right. So that's now become our self-expression. Now we could have resisted that and be like, no, 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 we're, we're about impacting a million people and waking them up. And I, I don't see how that works with that then we'd miss this massive opportunity. The universe has a funny way of showing you where you need to be at what time. Mm. Most people are no to everything that doesn't fit. They do the like that they walk. You guys can't see me on video, but they walk like horses in New York City with like blinders on. And if it doesn't fit within their like perfectly jigsawed puzzle, then they're like a no. This isn't it. This isn't this it. Isn't it. This yeah. isn't it. Right? So when I hear someone be like, I want to be a New York Times bestseller, I'm all for it. But that's a function of who you want to be. Who you want to be and the impact you want to cause in the world, that should always be the driving force. Because if you don't become the number one bestseller, what will most likely happen is you're going to run with your tail fucking between your legs and go, oh, I didn't get the top seller. My book only made it to 15. Yeah. Instead, of, <laughs> instead of being like, fuck, I sold whatever, you know, and I'm still fulfilling my mission. I don't care how you fulfill your mission. If your mission is – Whatever to share, like guys, just to use a ridiculous example, like to share the beauty of crayons with people, then who gives a shit of what the little things along the way are? Make that your mission and don't stop till that is realized in the world or die trying. And then who cares? Okay, Crayola didn't buy your magical crayons, but you know what? I bet along that way, millions of people became passionate about crayons. Right. So did you fail? Fuck no. You you woke a million people up about the beauty of crayons. So you created a result. Maybe yeah, not exactly. the one same. Maybe not the exact one you had in your mind. But I want to give a, like a quick analogy. Like what I think we're, we're finding out more and more is that the farther we can project, the farther we can see down the road. So like people believe that they're who they are in the present moment is a function of their past, yeah. which is one of the biggest lies in humanity today. Who you are in the present moment is a function of the future that you're expecting. So if you're driving a car at nighttime, right, like what do you do? You have your headlights, they be maybe 50 feet out, and you just trust that the road's going to keep revealing itself in front of you, right? That's that's honestly how you want to move through life too, at least as I've seen it too. Just keep your foot on the gas, right? The action leads to the next action. Otherwise, it's like imagine if only you could see 50 feet at night and every time you're like, all right, well, brake, 
okay, let me work myself back up again. That's, it's pretty scary out there. And then you're like, I'll move five more feet and then break. Like, imagine that's how, that's how people live their life, right? So, like, if like if the headlights are only ten feet in front of you, you're not going to drive very fast. Yeah. But now imagine those headlights were you could see a mile down the road. You could drive way way faster. There's much more velocity to life, right? So with that idea in mind, it's like, now how far in your life can you project forward? Now this thing, our little brains over here, these are supercomputers. There's not a computer on the planet that can process anything even as close to as here. You, want, you guys want to try some fun things with yourself? Ask yourself really important questions right before you go to bed. Let your subconscious mind go on it during REM state, go to work. You're waking up with some answers, right? Yeah, so yeah. It's, just, it's just like, get the, let the program do what it knows how to do. This, with that idea in mind, it's, Fine, we could do a million people by 2020. And even that to me is like, holy fuck, holy fuck. Like, it seems pretty, un- seems pretty unreasonable. But if I got a supercomputer in my meat bag, right, I'm like, I might as well go to the meat bag and be like, hey, by the way, you know that thing we were working on? Like, look for a solution for 100 million people. Forget the million. Yeah. I might as well at least live with that. So I was thinking to myself, even in the last IS ceremony, I was like, you know, I've been bop- popping out of my body having these future, like, premonitions and the timeline seems to keep catching up to it i'm like eh, let's let's shoot this thing out three thousand years forget 10 years forget 50 years let's just project what could possibly happen three thousand years into the future if we do that the choices i'm making today are in line with the future that i'm expecting three thousand years down the line like let's stop being so short-sighted let's start looking at who are we as a species who are we in this fucking universe like we're fucking retarded we're so dumb it's not even funny the best thing you can do for yourself is not know that you know something is to start learning stuff so you realize how little you freaking know yeah yeah right so you can start having these wild feats of fancy about imagination because you've been led to believe that knowing something some is somehow cool or empowers you that's not true knowing nothing empowers you that's why kids can have overwhelming beautiful imaginations that allow them to become who they want when they want to become them it's because they know nothing they walk around with that concept so get back there Get back there, whatever it takes you to get back there. Aya gets me back there. I'm like, I know nothing when I am in that state. This is crazy. So, yeah, it's all about it's all about remembering, you know, and, and taking this two different words, the re and the member, like bringing ourselves back into whole because that's what happens. Like we forget, like when the innocence of kids, the beauty of kids, the creativity of kids is just a magical thing to watch. And Alan, you're, I'm sure, experiencing that firsthand. Yes. And you want, almost sure. want to freeze that and put them in this sort of like time capsule and be like don't lose that don't lose that innocence don't lose that creativity don't lose that love for life that universal Mm. love for everything you see and touch and the beauty and everything you see and just the innocence like don't lose that and how do you how do you do that you know that's that's probably one of the biggest challenges oh that that that's my that's my new life plan yeah is figuring out how to do that it's interesting you know my kid is really uh defiant is kind of the word that they've dubbed him at school. But he just, from a very early age, he knew exactly what he wanted. He didn't even have language, but he knew that if I tried to put blue sneakers on him when he wanted black sneakers on him, blue sneakers were not going on him. Like it was just not happening. And he was like 12 months old, 14 months old. So I know that that quality is the most powerful thing that a human being can have. This like innate drive to not settle for anything other than what you want. You know, if I could like go around giving that to people and be like, you got it, you got like how much cooler would the world be? No one settling for 
people, jobs, uh, anything, food, <laughs> clothes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even matter. They just wouldn't settle. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is that there's this society and he's going to school now. And there's like certain ways that school needs you to be in order to you function inside of that environment, right? Compliance. So, so now we're like in this delicate balance of I have this genius that all I would love to do is just grow it and let him out into that world and just be this amazing, amazing leader, right? Like what we were talking about. And then there's this whole other side. It's like, well, you you need – I would love for you to do that and you still need to function within some sort of confines of what like schooling is because if you're being a brat and a dick and, and they keep throwing you out of school, which they haven't. But I'm saying like if that eventually ends up happening, then then what? So again, it's always finding that equilibrium. So even for me as a dad, I'm trying to find what is that balance? Like how do I still instill in him and let him have that imagination and creativity and that that beauty that a kid has and still give him a little bit of um, constraint where it's – you know, like people just beat their kids into this mold that they think that they need to be versus allowing these – kids to just flower into what they want to be. But again, there's, you know, you're, you're fighting that balance. So that's just like what I'm dealing with right now. And I got to tell you, it is not easy. <laughs> it is not easy. Are you lo- that's it, man. We're just going to take out the educational systems. Your kid will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Are you looking at the Montessori schools and uh, the, that whole school of anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic I- thought? Yes, absolutely. Um, We're actually consulting with a Montessori teacher on like as these events happen. Um, Our kid is insanely – I'll give you a perfect example. So one of the things they teach kids is you want to develop them choosing early on. Uh, The power of choice and to the point where like you allow your kid to choose something and if there's a consequence that you even know like if they're going to do this, there's going to be some horrible consequences. You have to let them – Yeah experience that, which is an amazing thing, right? So we start doing this with Shia and after like a week, he catches on that when you're giving him choices, you're still like within a parameter, you're allowing him to be an independent, but at the same time, you're giving him choices, right? Kind of like boxing his choices in. So no joke, less than a week, he goes to my wife, he goes, no more choices. I'm going to give you a choice. (laughs) And I was like, Damn, he caught on fast. Hmm. <laughs> so they're 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 incredible. Yeah, I mean, I was just in here, and I, this this is not the first time this idea has popped out of my mouth. But um, like, I would love to develop children think tanks, right? Like, we put all these smart people in a room, but they're bound by their education. They're bound by like like I'll give you an example. In our business, I'm the tech, I'm the technical guy. So like, I've built all the websites by hand, like all the technical stuff. Elon's way more on the relationship side. So when Elon first got into the business, he doesn't know anything. He's not bound by the technical aspects of what you can build and what you can't build. He's just throwing out fucking crazy ideas left and right and center. And I'm sitting there like fuming with him because I'm like that I, to him, that's three seconds out of his mouth. And he's like, ah, dupa, dupa, dupa. for me, it's like three months sitting in front of a computer trying to figure out how to develop that idea into something that's practical and real. I'd be like, do you know how much work you just gave me? Like that stupid three seconds out of your mouth. But it's actually what's helped us grow our business an extremely high rate 
because he wasn't bound by the same parameters that my mind was bound. Um, so it's kind of the same thing. Like I would love to put kids into a think tank and be like, here's a here's a global problem. Get kids answers from it because they won't be bound by the reality that, that an adult is. Um, I was just just telling they, that with somebody else. They might else. actually come up with some cool shit. No, it's incredible. I mean, if you've ever read those things where like kids give answers to like adult problems, it's always like my nuts. Oh my god, I would never thought of that. Simple. Yeah. yeah. Talk a little bit about your 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 opinions on college because I know you guys touch upon that on one one of the episodes. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> An, another another brutal topic in the Ferdman household. Yeah. It was yeah. funny. I was actually listening on my way to drop off the kids when it was like, yesterday, <laughs> and uh, Z one hundred, a radio station, actually had that exact conversation. That this and uh, here here's what was funny. They were asking people what they went to study in school and what their actual careers were. So I'm just going to kind of like from what I remember. But here are the, the top three. One guy went to study history. He now drives a truck for a living. Um, another guy went to study finance and communication. Carpenter. Um, one person was un- went to school but was unemployed. And they're all still preaching about the value of school. And I'm like, are you fucking listening to what you just said? And then one guy finally got on and he, you know, went to school, got a career. But he's like, look, I've never done anything in my life where I've showed up and what I studied in school has made any difference in my work. In other words, once I started the job, they taught me how to do that job. He goes, I don't understand why we can't go back to the way things were, where it was apprenticeship style. And it's like, you know what? I love this. I'm passionate about this. I'm going to go study with that guy. And this book that, that you probably heard me talk about my podcast, Robert Greene's Mastery, talks yeah. exactly about this. It's like spend seven years learning from someone who's a master at something. You're going to be damn good at it. And then your creativity and your thought processes and your imagination is going to take what he knows, package it with everything that your brain works, and just take it to the moon. So, like, you can do that. I guarantee you there's not a person on the planet that you couldn't pay $100,000 to take an 18-year-old kid today and work with them for three, four, five, six, seven years. I, I almost guarantee it because as a master, if I knew someone else was passionate about that thing and – you know, I knew he was going to play balls to the wall and I knew there was a time and a money commitment behind it. I'd spend my time doing that. So basically the only thing that I can understand as a argument for college is the fact that the experience is amazing. Like my four years at the University of Rochester were amazing. Did I learn much? I didn't learn anything academically. Yeah, I'll say that. I did learn about myself. Um, you know, I learned how to drink. Uh, I learned how to experiment with certain drugs, um, which is can be important later on in life. Important. <laughs> I got to travel. Like I, I got to live abroad in Spain, and I will say that hands down, that five six months of my life was the most educational. Personally, like I learned the most about myself. I learned about other people, culture. It opened my mind. I'd rather give my kid. $25,000 as a startup money, go to Europe, get a job, enjoy Europe, like travel around Europe, finding odd end jobs. 
you'll learn more in a year doing that than you would, in my opinion, in a university. So is is that what's in the works for your kid then? Well, that's the part, you know, we're talking about balance, right? (laughs) So like my wife is still like, we got to send him to school. This is everyone's argument. It's like, well, what's the backup plan? I'm like, what fucking backup plan has a degree ever bought you? Like, I I just don't see. Okay, so say it's just market. It's just really good marketing. You know, it's like really good marketing. Universities, colleges. I mean, it's a good marketing machine. And if right now, I'm sorry to cut you off, but like I was watching. You know, I get more news from like Daily Show and like those kind of shows, like Bill Maher and stuff. But honestly, that's like more real than the real news, honestly, because it it gives you perspective on something in a provocative way. And they were showing statistics about like uh, you know colleges like ITT Tech and uh, these like for-profit colleges, essentially. It's it's disturbing. It really is disturbing, and it's becoming like just churn and burn. Uh, but I mean, I look at college; it was really good marketing. It, it's they use fear tactics. I mean, like right now, looking at languages that marketing the way they do, they use fear tactics. They tell you that they show you statistics on how much more a person earns over a lifetime that doesn't. And granted, when you're talking about like the blue collar space, the white collar space, if, if you if you want to be a worker bee. Go to college. Yeah. You're going to make more money doing that. Like, without a doubt. It's going to open the door for you. It doesn't yeah. guarantee shit, though. And, and honestly, I don't, I've never used my education. I can't think about one moment where I'm like, it was good I learned that. I mean, besides, like, fifth grade math, not even, like, <laughs> third grade math, which is what we still use today. I'm like, I don't know why I need anything else. The only other exceptions I can think of is doctors, right? Yeah. Like, if you, want to spe- if you really understand that you want to specialize in something – yeah, like I don't want a doctor who's been in school for three years. Yeah, like, you, you, probably, you probably want an educated you, doctor, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But again, sure. it's like you don't – like I have a friend who wanted to be a pediatrician after he went through business school at Boston College. You know, this kid graduated with honors, went to business, didn't like it, left there. Remember that at seven years old, he wanted to be a pediatrics, went to medical school, starts carving up bodies, you know, looks at the – uh, coding for insurance companies because they've coded everything. So it's like you know how much money you can earn potentially based on how insurance companies have coded stuff. Had to take out a quarter of a million dollar loan because his parents would never pay it off by themselves. Realized not in a bazillion years could it be a pediatrician and pay off that loan. And then became a, um, a uh, what's it called? Uh, the, say again? Podiatrist, a foot doctor. No, no, no. Uh, the person that puts you under. Oh, anesthesiologist. Anesthesiologist. Yeah. Not because he's passionate about it. But because it's going to pay off the loan. So even the thing he found that he was passionate about couldn't even go do it. I'm like, what kind of a fucked up system do we live in that that's what's happening? So like for me, here's how I see like education changing. Number one, spiritual education, meditation, life education. Like here's what you're going to deal with. Stop lying to the child that at 18 you come out and there's like roses blooming out of your ass. (laughs) Life life is hard. Life is hard and it's going to be like challenging like – Understand that it's things don't come easy like they do on an iPhone. Like teach this stuff to people. At twelve to thirteen years old, every kid should have a business. Yeah. Whatever you like. You you like making soap, make soap. You like taking a shit over here, try to turn that into a business. I don't care what you do. Just try to sell this to somebody because you learn communication skills. You learn persuasion. You learn how to uh um interact with people inspire people you learn you learn the things that actually matter when you get into the world and you talk to somebody you gain confidence talking to women whatever the fuck it is right just get in a situation that forces people into failure as soon and as quickly as possible so they get really comfortable with that happening to them and it's not like i'm bad you know like i'm bad little boy that that crap needs to stop and i think there's a girl you're talking about shit but there's a girl that I don't know if you listen. There's a podcast run by like a 13-year-old. He interviews other 
entrepreneurial teenagers, like like young kids. I, I know there's one called I, I, man. I was I literally thinking about this as he's saying it. So it's just yeah, funny. We're like, there's one, uh, this guy named, I, I actually interviewed him. His name is Jordan Agoli. He's a teenage entrepreneur, but he's 20 now. He was 19 and now he's 20. So I don't know if there's right. someone even younger no, doing is, it. This is younger. Yeah, like, yeah, okay. interviews like, like 12 year olds and th- or he interviews 12 and 13 year olds. So this one girl you're talking about, like, you know, you shit somewhere, pick it up. This girl, her parents started asking her questions like, what, how do you think you can help the world? What do you think you can serve your community? Like things like that. And had her start pitching ideas. Smart. She realized that people walk their dogs and like crap is left, you know, on the streets and stuff like that. So she offered to go around and they made her like go on knock on people's doors. And she built a business around going around her community and picking up like dirt shit. and shit and all that stuff. She started making like $1,000 a week just within a few blocks and she was 12 years old. Wow. And I was That's like – a million dollars as a 12-year-old. I was like that is – that will outweigh any college education that any kid is ever going to get. Absolutely. You know, if – and this is my idea. This is what I'm trying to pitch to my wife just to kind of put a bow on this whole thing is I would rather give my kid – say by the time my older kid is going to college – presumably it'll be like $100,000 a year. NYU, my, my friends just put their kid in NYU, is $66,000 a year. <laughs> That's not including her going out and drinking in New York City or having to yeah. buy the million other things that she's going to need to buy. Sixty-six. I was like, huh? So let's assume $100,000 a year. That was your best, sco- that was your best Scooby-Doo, right? <laughs> Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I'd rather give my kid $100,000. Well, the plan would be like this. You come to me with a business idea, investment idea, a business idea, something. I will give you $100,000. You spend all year trying to make that $100,000 create some sort of revenue for yourself. And you know what? I know that the first two, he's going to lose every single penny. I know. But on the third one, or the fourth one, that kid will be a millionaire. Hmm. Or a very, very successful – he will have started a very successful business. Yeah. And that might not be his last business. But that's what guys saying. Like through that failure in a very concentrated, fast area, like you're going to get some really good life lessons, some really good business lessons. That's what people need. And if I can finance that, I'd be more than happy to finance that. Yeah. I mean, by far, by far and large, the most interesting people I meet today are the ones who were homeschooled and started businesses when they were young. It's a completely different quality of person, completely. And then I look at everyone who's in school. I'm like, you have zero ability to critically think. Yep. You watch the news. You repeat the same three-worded buzzword that of the day that got sent down from the government to tell all the news media agencies to tell you. And now you're going to regurgitate it back to me like it's your opinion. I'm like, you've never done anything for this planet outside of doing yourself. And maybe you bought like a toilet paper roll for your like next door neighbor at some point in time. And that was awesome. But it's like, it wasn't even two ply. And it wasn't a two ply. You (laughs) you asshole. (laughs) But I mean, seriously, it's like, and we got to take a step back and think again, like, Uh, who are we going to be? Because the way that we're being is a virus right now. Like everyone's scared about Ebola. We're Ebola. Yeah. 
We're the we're, big, we're, we're the biggest people. virus on the planet right now. Yeah, right. yeah exactly. I think I love it. It's like everyone's so scared of Ebola. Ebola. We've had two cases so far. Heart disease is killing three quarters of a million people a year. No, nope, we're not going to do shit about that though. We're not scared about that. Yeah. Let's not have a worry about that. Well, it's a good. It's a good fear thing. Yeah, it's a good fear thing. So it's like again, like everybody, take a step back. Who are we being? Who do we want to be? Is this what we were made for? I mean, I look inside of myself, and the answer is like a vehement. Like I want to vomit when I think about the way that we're operating today. And if you don't feel that way, that's fine too. Look, you know, contrast in every part of life. But for those of you guys that are looking at the world like I'm looking at, there is so much beauty in it. And we're destroying a lot of that. And it doesn't mean it's all gone bye-bye. There's so much in this world. There's a lot of shit too. And the shit's always going to be there. But I think, I think we're, we've come to a time where we've evolved as a species. But the archetypes of the past, if you want to think about it, like the software has evolved, the hardware hasn't evolved. Mm -hmm. So the software can't run on this hardware anymore. So the archetypes of the past, they don't allow for the possibility of what's what we've created, what people are creating everywhere all the time, all these movements. So it's like, I only see one solution. The shit's got to go. A reboot. Like, and I'm not talking reboot. about a revolution. I'm not talking about a revolution. Yeah, I'm not talking about a revolution. I'm not talking about violence or like pitchforks in the streets and fires. Leave it all the way it is. Just let's stop giving power to what we've given power to. And it's just a choice. Tomorrow we wake up and we go, you guys have no power. That really mm. is it. They have no power. Yeah. None. You don't show up to work. What are they going to do? Government shuts down. Also, that's it. It doesn't take very much, guys. It really doesn't. So we just have to choose. That's that's profound stuff, man. It's a lot to chew on and uh, a lot to think about, like the the paradigm shift that's going to be required for people to uh, move from a mindset where they get their information spoon fed to them about what they should be doing next and who sh they should be listening to and who should they should be following slash voting for to understanding that all that stuff is actually a facade. And it's just the stuff that's been propped in front of our face to kind of keep us busy from critical thinking, which yeah, is absolutely. what we need in order to affect the change that we want to see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well said. Very well said. Powerful stuff. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm at a critical junction here. Like, I could go <laughs> keep going, man. This, <laughs> is, this is amazing, man. I'm having a blast. I'm telling you, man. This is, this is awesome. Um, yeah. Maybe we should do another one. We can do I, I got a million questions for you guys, man. I want to, <laughs> we can do another one. I want to go. Uh, I'm open. I'm open to one more question. Yeah. So let's let's. Um, oh man, gotta make it good here. What I love about the show and what I love about you guys is your transparency and your vulnerability. And so, talk a little bit about why you you have decided. Um, you talk about some personal shit on the on the podcast. You know, you had a fantastic episodes fifty three to fifty six with Stella Grisant, and you know, you, she was with uh, Happiness. I forgot the name of the, um, the the site that she's with, but you guys vibed immediately, and you had her back on, and you went deep there, and you've gone deep in your beer talks. Um, so, talk about the importance of being vulnerable. Oof. Wow. Well, you just started a whole other podcast. <laughs> and, and if you're going to take one question, that's a good question. Okay. I'll, first, yeah. yeah, why don't you go, guy? Me? Okay. <laughs> I was about to go get myself a quest bar while you talked. <laughs> uh, man, oh my God. I mean, 
in my life, you know, so I talked to you guys about like the depression, suicide stuff at 19 that cracked completely open. Like I just went from being one way to completely different way. Like transformation took a second for me. Right. And I'm not saying like the path of transformation is very long. It's going to be a lifelong journey, but from going to thinking one way to thinking a completely different way about things took one second in my life. Uh, and I remember the exact moment, the smell, the sound, everything at the exact moment happened. And I, and literally from my right foot lifting to my right foot landing, by the time that foot landed, I knew I would never be the same human being again. It was that quick. Um, and it was just like that. It was like an epiphany um, because of landmark. So what I learned that weekend was sharing the deep, dark stuff that nobody wants to share is the access to something. What that access was, I didn't know at the time. But as I went down that road, I realized that everybody I talked to had something in common, which was we, you know, when we give each other compliments, it's so funny because we strive for it. Like we work for them, yeah. like we want the acknowledgements and then we get it and we go, mm, I don't want it. Right. Like we like contract the moment we hear it. It makes us feel really weird. And I'm like, what is that weird ass phenomenon? Cause I know like in the back of my head, I'm like, pay attention to me, pay attention to me, pay attention to me. Then I get it. I'm like, I don't, I don't want that attention. Like I want attention in a specific way. It's weird. So I'm like, okay, what is going on over there? And for me, the way I distinguished was that I had this little voice in my head that when someone would tell me that my greatness or talk about my greatness, it would be like some version of if you really knew me, then yeah. you wouldn't be saying that, right? And I've shared this with countless people and, and everyone has that look at, that you just had in your face too. Like they get wide eyes, like that recognition of holy fuck, I'm doing that too. And I've noticed that, that everybody has this thing. So whatever that is, what I've learned is there's the story you have about you, like your identity story, right? And somewhere in there is some deep, dark shit that you'd never tell anybody about. Because your impression is, if I tell you some deep, dark shit, you won't want to be around me anymore. Like that'll be, eh -eh. like you'll cut it off. Now, here's the funny part about that. When you share that deep, dark stuff, the exact opposite of what you think is going to happen, happens. Instead of people moving away, they come in like bees to honey. It's fucking insane. And, and then you're like, now you have to deal with the fact that everybody wants to be around you all the time. And they didn't run for the hills because they're like, I'm going to tell us so they're going to run for the hills. Then they're like sticking to you. And you're like, holy shit. So that was what it became access to is like you want to earn listening. You want to impact people. You don't even have a choice. Vulnerability is the access to impacting people. The reason why politicians can't impact the world, there's zero vulnerability. Do you know why they stand behind the desk? Because if you saw what their feet and their hands are doing, you know that they'd be lying the entire time. If you put a glass desk in front of a politician, nobody would vote for that asshole ever. <laughs> because the whole thing is one big lie. It has to be. To, be. to be in that situation, you have to lie. So for me, it's if you're not willing to be – and that's why we curse, by the way. Same thing. Like I know it gets people the wrong way. I know most people will like – they're like, oh, these guys are great, but they curse too much. Yeah. You know what? Fuck you. You're not my type of person. <laughs> It's, a, it's just now who, then okay if that's if that's all it takes to rub you the wrong way Jesus yeah. is that way the message, right? like, the message this, right this, this message is, this message this message is not for you yeah. exactly and I don't have a problem with any religion anyway my point is is you want to impact people you want to feel empowered you want to feel connected you want to understand what self-expression truly feels like and what it is to garner power and be responsible for that. If you're not vulnerable, you ain't even got a shot in hell. So it's, you know, the mission of transformation of spirituality is to just shed the layers, right? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, ayahuasca, talk about something that sheds your layers. It's like, it's a fucking coming out party in there. You're like a snake with like the skin peeling off. Of you um, you gotta, you gotta, 
Yeah, it's, we see the future as vulnerability and storytellers. You know, we we met Bo Eason, who's this incredible guy. You should definitely look into him if you if you don't know him, ex NFL player. And he just believes in the dream society. It's like the people of the future who are going to lead are the really great storytellers. And you really don't have to look very far into the past to see that those are the people that people followed back then too. Yeah. Shamans and all those people. What were they? Everyone sat around the fires and the guy who told the stories, that was the leader of the tribe. So it's like I think we're moving back into tribe mentality. We're moving – like the DNA is waking up again. Thank God. And we're like we got to go back to what's important, which is passing down information through storytelling, through vulnerability. Yep. Awesome. Well, um, very well said. I was going to say something very, very similar, so I'll keep it really short. Uh, I just believe that the only way I've ever seen human beings connect is when all the bullshit is stripped away. That's the only true connection. That is in love relationships, both intimate, friends, all that stuff. Like, Think about the way you are with your closest friends. There's no bullshit. There's no filter. That's why they're your closest friends. Intimate relationships only happen when people are stripped down and the most vulnerable. You ever want to see how unvulnerable you are? Put yourself in an intimate relationship because like as soon as you are in that partnership, every which way that you are not that is what's going to show up. That's basically your barrier into feeling love, connection, all of that kind of stuff. So for us – it's important out of function. Like the people that we want in our Satori Prime, we call it the Satori Prime family, are people that see us 100% who we are. We've been to live events. We, you know, we do a lot of videos, all this stuff. And the one thing everyone says is like, I can't believe you're this accessible when I'm just sitting with you at a bar. I'm like, well, because I'm the same – idiot that you watch on YouTube or listen to on a podcast. Like there, I cannot, it's too much damn energy to try to pretend to be someone that I'm not. I figured that out a long time ago. Like, and then preach, preach, preach. And and once you get that, then the whole part about, you know, what guy said, like people like me, don't like me, respect me, don't respect me. If you don't, for whatever reason, that's fine. We're all entitled to our own opinions. I have no problem with you whatsoever. I love you just as much as I did before you told me that. You're just not someone that's I'm going to uh, relay my message to at this moment. Now, you might shift and something might happen in your life and all of a sudden you're like, wow, you know what? Something they said back then, blah, blah, blah. But the only way that I know how to relate to people is by doing that and it is – Vitally important to us. It will never change. We will be the rawest, most insane people in a room, and we are. We love it. Like it just. That's who we are. Yeah. We want to give. We again, just going back to like that one idea. When you are who you are, whether you're depressed or angry, if you own it, right? If there's a real to it, like a vulnerability to it, an authenticity to it, you can still make a profound difference. We had a mentor when I was 20 or 21. Elon was 23 at the time. He actually lives out here in Carlsbad. Uh, he used to say, I'm an asshole, but I make a huge and profound difference for millions, for like whatever it was, like millions of people, thousands of people. And it's true. It's like we all have those qualities, but so what? Yeah. How is that? How are you going to judge somebody? We all have our moments. I'm a fucking asshole a few times a week, like on a good week, you know? Like, <laughs> But like I've learned how to own that stuff. I learned how to take responsibility for that stuff so people aren't left with my junk at the end of the yeah, day. When I was yeah. young, I threw up on you and they'd be like, you clean it. You know, now if I throw up on you, I'm like, 
shit, sorry, ego attack. You know, like I just lost it for a moment there. Like you got it. I'll never going to happen again. If it does, like I'll own it again. That's it. That's all that's required of you. So it's not like people just think these shifts have to be really big. They don't have to be big. They just need to be consistent. Yeah. You know, um, anyway. Yeah. Again, we can talk about this for hours, man. <laughs> on, on, on that note, we are bringing this roller coaster ride to a halt for now, man. This, the, <laughs> we'll catch our breath and uh, we'll have to figure out when the next ride's going to be because this was yeah. absolutely freaking fantastic, man. I, I'm, yeah. I, I, the energy really is them. palpable in, in this conversation and I'm so excited to have had a chance to talk to you guys. And like, it's, it's exactly what you said. Like, the guys that I thought I was going to be speaking to as a, as a function of listening to the podcast is exactly the same motherfuckers who i'm talking to here and they they (laughs) haven't changed one bit it's like so you know be yourself yeah be yourself yourself that's what the world's waiting for harry thank you so much man yeah i had a blast man where so like uh if people want to keep up with uh satori prime what's the the best place they can they can uh find you two easiest places first and foremost satoriprime.com um just Check out, we have so much free content about everything you could possibly want, life, business, relationships, whatever, it's all there. Uh, and then also the podcast, Performance Enhancing Podcast. You can search for us on iTunes or Stitcher, or you can even find the link in our satoriprime.com page. So, yeah. yeah. So, Elon, my brother, Guy, my brother, thank you so much this was fantastic and thank you very much i want you guys to have a fantastic and blessed day man